This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hoflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Jeremy Cobb, but Kevin Parr calls me J-Wow, which he specified is a Jersey Shore reference. So thank you, Kevin. J-Wow. That may be the only Jersey Shore reference we've made on this show so far. I, yeah, I can't. Th- well, I wouldn't have made one because I've never watched Jersey Shore. Sure, so I, me neither. I, I forget who. J- I feel like I knew who Jay Wow was at one point, but I don't remember who. I never watched. Netflix, Drifted so. out of your sphere of yeah. awareness pretty quickly. It seems. Okay. Yeah, I, I just remember GTL Jim Tan Laundry, and I remember that because it was in a Britannic sketch. So okay, yeah. okay. Well, I, before we go any further down a rabbit hole that I have zero Snooki! reference for, I remember her, Snooky. Okay. Okay. She was a uh, short woman who became very famous for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was I on the Jersey admit, Shore. I must admit, on the screen that I'm looking at right now, we have a guest here with us today, <laughs> and they seem to know a lot more about this than, than we do. So I might bring them in just so that they can actually a help resident Jersey here. Shore expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brought in con- specifically to consult on this episode. <laughs> Oh man, okay, without any further ado, Michelle and Guy and Bradley, how are you doing? Welcome to the show! Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon of the wrong dragons. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon oh, no. on a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Get into something real big now. Jasper, my middle name, my middle name is Win, but it's okay. You almost got there. As soon as you said it, Jasper, oh, I was like, like, this poor man. We didn't go over it though. We didn't, we have didn't a go rehearsal. over it. That's my fault. That was it's my okay. fault because I was like, I'm gonna try and do this without being, and I did it, and yeah. I, it was, I, it was my fault, and I did it. I feel like in your defense, the way Mm. that that word is written in English does not phonetically follow. I would would like to clarify. I would like to clarify. I have a friend who lives up in Manchester. She works at the home theater and her surname is spelled exactly the same. And that's how she pronounces it, which is why I felt confident. My my confidence was misplaced. (laughs) So I apologize. Uh, Well, I guess tiny lore drop before the real lore drop is that um, because uh, as a diaspora Asian, uh, when you are you know, raised outside of your home country, which uh, when his last name is a is Vietnamese, that you learned how to, you just end up saying it however you say it because people around you are not oh. Vietnamese and you just get one. I've heard people who, who have my last name who got so tired of explaining to people how to say their last name. They changed how they spelled it legally and just were like, Whoa. look, and now it's spelled N-U-W-E-N and but- he's a great guy. But 
it's it's because it's we all do it differently and that's okay you can say tomato you can say tomato it's fine yeah <laughs> that's actually kind of wild because this uh that is kind of true of uh, so my original last name uh before i changed it for uh acting reasons is stevenson but we found out that like quite a long time ago the our family name changed from the ph spelling of stevenson to v because mm-hmm. the apparently whoever it was my ancestor was like i'm annoyed with everyone calling me stefferson <laughs> because it's stevenson oh. so they changed it to v instead which i was like yeah wild so there you go and that was a, yeah. i think i'm pretty sure that was a white people thing so you know um that's... yeah listen white people did so... mess up a lot of things for us um so <laughs> i mean me and i was also colonized by the french it's like a whole thing but that gave us baguettes so like whatever um yeah. i will say one other thing uh jeremy mentioned the ngs like doesn't make doesn't make any sense it does because i'll explain it ng is a sound you make in the back of your throat goes uh it's a ng sound and it's uh. win technically it's win it's not win but it's win it's win i okay. i don't tell people that because it's very confusing mm-hmm. but that phonetic sound comes from the vietnamese language which now oh, okay. is written romanized letters because of the french and who did that the french did it don't uh, complain the when french you see did it <laughs> right now and it's uh, very confusing oh. <laughs> well i tell you what i'm kind of gutted because we've actually ended up having quite a good conversation <laughs> off the back of my blunder because i was kind yeah, of no, i have a thing to add as well and, this, like, this is a good conversation be fine but no, we've we've uh, it's in now. Like I'm happy to educate. That. I don't. I mean, it's, listen, yeah. I'm old. I don't get offended anymore. I just talk more. <laughs> I I know Hell that yeah. I know. Uh, growing up, um, some it, people of Italian descent. They're Italian Americans at this point, but who got to the point where people kept mispronouncing their names so much that they just changed. They kept the spelling, but changed the pronunciation to omit like full syllables of the word. Uh, so I was hey. like, I actually said their name wrong because I was trying to pronounce it how it was written. And they're like, yeah, we just kind of cut that syllable out because people couldn't say it. <laughs> we was just like, oh, cut that whole dang, syllable Okay, out. all right. So yeah, there's definitely a press. Like that's, I, that is, uh, that mm. seems to be a common thing uh, for people with, I guess, non-Anglo last names to try yeah. and come in and yeah. 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 There we go. Well, this actually kind of feels like it's in the realm of the first thing that we're going to do, which is some law, right? This is like name law. So mm-hmm. uh, why don't we pivot from that to, we're going to do law drops because we haven't done this in a minute. Um, and uh, this is going to be basically, if anyone hasn't heard the episode we did with Erica, Erica came up with this amazing idea that basically we just uh, ask guests to bring a, or to say something that's happened in their life with zero context and we're not allowed to ask follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a little bit of law that gets dropped and that's it. No explanation. So, uh, and m- myself and Jeremy will probably, we'll jump in with something as well. I'm trying to think of what I have. Uh, but yes. I'll, I'll think of something. Um... Do you have something, Michelle, or would you like one of us to go first? Um, I can't say a, it's like a fact, right? About me, it's a fact. It's a lore. Yeah, it's fact. just like a fact okay. or something yeah. happened. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I after college, I lived in Japan for about three years, and the I was there on a visa to teach English, which was fine and good and all, but I craved more excitement in my life. So I became a bartender at several places, and one of these places was a club, um, like a real a real club club, and. You, it was open from, you know, 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., which is a hell of a time to be alive uh, in, in, in Osaka at night. Um, and so all of the hosts and hostess clubs, if you know what that is, that's like um, a place where you go to pay a pretty lady or pretty man to pour you drinks, but the drinks are like $1,000 each. Um, and mm-hmm, okay. you're like not dating. But anyway, the point is th- those, cl- those, cl- those other clubs would close at 3 a.m., so right around 3 a.m., we would, at 4 a.m., we would start getting that a whole separate group of people um, mm. who were already pretty drunk, um, had made a ton of money 
uh, doing their job and like respectfully and uh, would like throw money, like physical money at me to give them drinks faster. And it was great. Whoa. <laughs> I want to know how much. I want to know. <laughs> So in Japan, no, a lot. Oh, that was a, that was a follow question. I can't answer it. Yeah, yeah we can't ask. Question. You no, can't we can't answer ask it. Can't, we can't. We can't that's, ask. That's a question. fascinating story. That yeah. is. That is very cool. I, um, I will say in Japan that their their most of their money are coins. So, ow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, sir. I appreciate that you are trying to give me money, but ouch. Okay, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's Under rough. Arm, I thought please, I was imagining sir. paper money. Under arm. Not, not like <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's paper money coins. and coin money, but there's a, there's more coin money than we have like in America. Like, oh. You, I mean, like America, like you don't use coin money like at all. Like I don't. Yeah. I've been to America twice. I don't think I've seen. I've I've exchanged coin money. I don't think. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, trash. It's, trash. it's nowhere yeah. near as yeah. It's nowhere near as common as in the UK. Yeah, we got we still got coins. Um, Jeremy, do you have a, a law drop for us? Yes. So um, when I uh, <laughs> when I was twelve years old, uh, I once uh, witnessed a KKK march occurring outside <gasps> of the Coca Cola factory. <laughs> oh no! This is like this is oh this is a horrible section. I hate this so much. I have so many questions. It was it was just God like damn. yeah. It was it was a shocking moment. Let me tell you. Uh, it was not traumatic. Wow. I'll say that it was not traumatic. Mostly just surprising. <laughs> like oh yeah, I did. I didn't that, see that okay. one coming. <laughs> oh, so many wow. questions. <laughs> so many questions. Uh, okay, so uh, no follow up questions. I flew home uh, from uh, Denmark once during a an actual thunderstorm and saw multiple like arcs of lightning right outside of the plane window. And I can honestly say one of the worst experiences of my entire life. I like, even though the captain was over the thing, being like, hey, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> like, I was fully red. I was making my peace. <laughs> like, I was like, cool, cool, cool. Listen up. Uh, God, if you are there, I need to say some things right now. Oh, I need man. to clarify a few moments because, you know, I don't want there to be any confusion. But yeah, this is that was, not a follow up question. Mm-hmm. This is a comment. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know when you see like really big thunder, it sounds mm. like, or sorry, really big lightning, it sounds like, ka-chow. <laughs> <laughs> that is a TikTok uh, joke. And if you don't get it, watch Cars. <laughs> wow. Uh, ka-chow, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've never seen I'll send seen you guys cars. the videos. You, you, you guys don't understand the joke. Never mind. Never mind. Hey, look, I, I I feel like I know it enough to kind of get what the reference is like. I'm guessing it's a reference to, to Lightning McQueen, but I've yeah. never watched. Yeah, 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 I've never yeah. watched Should I explain any of the a TikTok movie? to you? Is this what we're doing now? Please no? do. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. explain TikTok okay. to us. So it's always a video of someone saying, "Oh wow, people are saying they're seeing crazy, crazy lightning right now," and then they have a little piece of paper with a picture of Lightning Lightning McQueen, the car, like taped to it, and they go "kachow" in front of oh. the <laughs> camera. That's cute. And that's his catchphrase: "is kachow." I honestly don't know what would have been. I think it would have been more. It would have been nicer to see a, like a friendly red car flying through the sky, <laughs> like at that moment, rather than <laughs> voiced just, by like, Owen Wilson. Of, you know, electric- yeah. yeah, exactly. Just going, wow. <laughs> like that, I would rather have seen that past the window than like forks of lightning, honestly. That sounds very scary. I'm really scared of planes, so that's, that sounds like a nightmare. Awful. Mm. It was awful. Turbulence ever since has not been the same. I used to be fine with turbulence, and now I'm like, every single time we hit the slightest bump, I'm like, okay, here we go. 
This is yeah. it. <clears throat> I'll be honest, so, Jasper. I feel like with your mm. particular lore drop, I I don't feel like I need more questions because just the there was lightning outside of the window in the plane yeah. is like, mm. you know, that's the story. <laughs> that's the story well, I, right I, there. Yeah, I had I had some juicy ones, but I didn't want to tease people anymore. That because like there's so many follow up questions that I had for you, your guys' lore drops that I'm like <laughs> I, could, I couldn't possibly inflict more questions upon the audience. Um, but we will get some questions. Yeah, well, uh, let's, let's move on questions. immediately to some, some more questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'll get some answers. That's what I meant to say. Uh, from Michelle, our guest, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you so much for being here. I am very excited to have you. We actually got a chance to meet at Big Bad Con, the illustrious Big Bad Con that everyone on Twitter refuses to shut up about because it was like the best damn thing ever. It was awesome. <laughs> It was so, so cool. Um, even the part where the fire alarm went off at like, what was it, half one in the morning? And the bar the, was close, so yes. it was almost two. <laughs> almost two, that was it, almost two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was after drop, the bartender. Baby. Double lore drop. That was after the, the bartender tried to kill us, kill us. by just <laughs> handing, like, it, we were like, hey, can we have a drink? And then he was just free pouring like a oh, crazy, I was like, okay, you need, to slow, you need to slow your roll down. It was, uh, he, was having, he was having a whole night. Uh, this bartender so uh, but Michelle please uh, tell everyone uh, at home uh, how did you start off getting into uh, into fantasy into uh, all of these things like where did the nerdy journey begin for you um, when I was a kid, I didn't have friends. I had books. Um, you, people listening to podcasts can't see me pushing out my pretend glasses. But that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been to like quote unquote nerdy stuff. So like you know, when I was younger, uh, my older brother had a, a Nintendo, and we would or, sorry Super Nintendo. Uh, we would fight over it. Um, we you know I was into video games very young, and then comic books also because of my brother. And, um, and then it sort of evolved into okay, now I'm you know, I really into musical theater and I love, you know, I really love Jane Austen and like basically every nerdy subculture you can think of. I'm like so deep in it that it's disgusting. I'm a big (laughs) anime nerd. Um, Yeah. Original OG weeb. uh, I guess 1993 was my my big era. I was a little I was a little wee baby, but I still love Superman. What are are some anime you like? Um, I like uh, I like old anime. Maybe you kids don't know what they are. Um, no, I, I think. Well, I mean, like, what is my favorite anime of all time? It's Sailor Moon. But it's, it's not because it was like super oh. amazing, good. It's because it changed like how I thought about storytelling and how uh, animation as a genre could be used to mm-hmm. tell stories that are different than just things for kids. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it had a long effect on me because I also didn't have a lot of like you know friends growing up and that story was all about like girl friendships and helping each other and i was like wow what's that like <laughs> like what is a supportive community like um so you know for me it was very uh it's my favorite because it, it changed how i view things in a lot of ways and i was you know also a very impressionable age mm. i think if you ask that question of anybody what's your favorite xyz a lot of it comes down to like where were you in life yep. um but yeah so but moving on to like obviously we're here to talk about tabletop things and gaming um i Gosh, you know what? I uh, have always been into board games, like so much, in fact, that when I was a kid, again, no friends, I would make my parents <laughs> buy me these board games and I would play them by myself. So I got really good at playing like Clue by myself, like pretending like I didn't know the answer, um, Whoa, trying cool. to like outwit myself in chess, that uh-huh. kind of stuff. So, um, Whoa. yeah, it's like, I mean, that guy, that, the Pixar, it's like that Pixar short where the guy's playing against himself wearing glasses is the old man. You guys not remember this? How oh, Pixar always yes. used to have yeah, like yeah, the short yeah. films before the main yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. And one yeah, of the best ones was an old man playing chess against himself in the park. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the hymns had glasses. The other one didn't. And one of this. them started to lose. And he faked a heart attack 
tricked the other <laughs> version of himself. And then when the other version of himself went to check, he spun the board around and then won the game. <laughs> Did you ever try that when you were playing? Um, did you, did you ever pull that particular move? I didn't go get like in character for that, but um, no, I just, I just, because it was the only way I could do sort of this strategic thinking uh, without without anyone else to help me. I did get friends later. Like it's not, I'm not like it's like a sob story there until I was, I was maybe pretty lonely until like maybe high school. Uh, but mm. then in high school, I met people who liked anime and comic books, and that was very life changing. And then in college, I met people who were like, "Do you know what conventions are?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then you know, my life was over. Um, but <laughs> uh, and now my whole life is conventions. Um, but I guess in terms of, I guess you know, if you want to talk about like specifically tabletop like, TTRPGs. Um, yeah, sure. My very first time playing uh, any of that was um, I've always been into fantasy books. Um, I read like a mofo. I can I I burn through like a seven book series in like a week because I get really I get really obsessive. Like a, like a, I'm a oh, completionist. Nice. Even yeah. if the books aren't mm. good, I will finish them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know the feel. Do, do you like basically? Yeah. Is it like everything leaves and you are now living in the book mind palace for however long yes. and just trucking through? And then you like <gasps> like come out of it and you're like oh looking around <laughs> <laughs> like you just came out of the matrix <laughs> like looking in the room. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's like a really good way to to describe that because. I remember I have this like vivid memory of me like oh I maybe was 15 or 16 I finished um the now problematic Dragon Riders of Pern I finished one of those books and I remember like putting it down and like looking up in my room and then just crying because I was like I can never live there for real <laughs> oh man no that happened to me too that happened to me too yes. recess schools out I was a big recess fan <laughs> oh. the movie recess schools out I saw Yo. I sobbed like a baby because yes. I was like that's the meaning of what it's like to be a kid and I was just walking around yes. the house for like an hour sobbing oh. <laughs> dude I honestly I'm not even kidding to this day John Jacob Jinglehammer Smith oh. makes me cry like I'm not kidding that song <laughs> may, if I start getting that in my head it it makes me want to like tear up. I yeah. loved Recess. It's such a good love show. That. It's so good. It was so good. <laughs> um, I guess. Oh, but, but I guess by extension, when my friend mm. and this was when I was like a, a full adult, I was maybe like thirty. I can't remember how long ago this was. Um, my friend's like, I want to start playing D anD D, and I was like, What the fuck is that? Like, I knew what it was, but I knew it was sort of like you know, back in the day before we came pop popularized quote unquote mm-hmm. um, there were levels of nerd it was like right. video games were like the cool if you learn video games yes. that's cool now if you're into like Marvel shit that's like above that if you're into comic books it's sort of below and if you're into tabletop that's sort of below that if you're into LARP that's somehow below that yeah <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a different yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. you know all of that is not real so for me I was like oh um, you know that seems like it's like a lot of work or something like I didn't understand it um, <laughs> but you know weirdly not weirdly but um, I've been friends with um, Matt Mercer and Marcia since uh, before the Critical Role days, so I knew that by then they were already doing their show, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, good for them!" Like I wasn't like so unaware oh, of like they how got big a cute it was. little show, and it was in the <laughs> yeah. early days too of like Gina. So like I knew yeah, all those yeah. people from other stuff and other jobs, and they were starting this this company. Or, well, they didn't start the company, but they were starting to work on different shows there. And I knew Erica, like mm-hmm. you know, back when she had just like a like a bob cut, and I you know I've known all these people for a long time. So I was just like, "That's great." That's it was in my brain. It was very separate. So I started playing mm. this game with my friends. And we would do, oh, I love a, we would have like brunch and then we would like lay around and talk about our characters and we would play for like five or six hours and we'd go order dinner. Then we would play to like 3 a.m. <laughs> and we would do this like <laughs> twice a month. It was all oh, consuming. That awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. incredible. Our first campaign lasted like three years, like something crazy. Like it, it took forever to finish. Um, Amazing. And so 
that sort of like got me into just playing. But back, you know, in the early days, I just wanted to like do mechanics and do cool stuff. And I was not really concerned about role playing. I thought that was so weird and scary. I was like, well, I don't want to like mm. use a funny voice in front of my friends. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> You're not one of those. I'm not one of those. Uh, but then, t- this story is taking forever to tell. Sorry. And then. No, no, no. This is great. This is a great story. <laughs> Please take your time. We're here to talk to you. So like, I, you know. <laughs> uh, I had that like knee jerk reaction of, am I been talking too long? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, no. This is great. I'm having a great time listening to this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was at this time. I was also streaming a lot. Um, this is like the early-ish days of Twitch, like like 2017. So it was like established. Mm-hmm. Um, but like early in that year, like 2016, 2017, I was trying to stream by myself, like video games. That's all people watched. I was starting to. I was doing like mukbangs. If you know those are like uh, eating streams. Yeah, I was doing I all the stuff them. really yeah. early, like in that zeitgeist. Um, and then um, I actually got hired onto Hyper RPG to help them do their like three days a week uh, oh, cool. like gaming streams. But it was very like, mm. okay, Michelle, sit here for three hours and play. We're giving you a game, like whatever we receive this week from this company. And I'm like, okay. And like that was all the instruction I got. Um, <laughs> and you know, we were in that. There was no money. Like we were, they were maybe giving me. You know, it was like you know, there was no money in it back then. There was a little yeah. bit. Like mm. there was like gas money. Um, and I was just doing because it was fun. And um, and then they did a lot of. Uh, tabletop there um, that was not D&D actually um, but I eventually started getting moved into like helping them out with like you know if they had a charity show here or there or like a, like, a lot of one shots I did a bunch of one shots and they were really fun and I really liked like that's when I was allo- like I felt like I was allowed to like start acting <clears throat> because um, as you know <laughs> as people of color we are not often like let quote unquote un- in front of camera mm-hmm. so um, when mm-hmm. I was in high school <laughs> I don't go back too far. Um, I was really into musical theater, right? Yeah. But I was the only Asian yep. person. What's in your a... favorite musical? I was the only Asian person <laughs> yeah, there. Get, oh, my favorite musical? Hit for your favorite one. Oh, yeah. my God. I love Sound Eye and yeah, um, I think yeah, yeah, that's um, good stuff. And I did, I did Into the Woods once, and it was so good. Yo, I, of course, Ma- was given no part. Michelle, of it, do, yeah. you wanna, do you want to lure drop? I met, I met Sound Eye once. It was what? incredible. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't even know yeah. that. Did you not? Did you not? Tell, I uh, this no. was uh, uh so okay. Ran. I was at a theater award show, which I basically snuck into because my friend was the son of Gary Oldman, and he was like, "Yeah, come on with me. I was fine." Uh, uh, he introduced me to Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen took me one hand and went, "Have you seen Stephen?" And I went, "Uh, Stephen." He was like, "Sondheim, come on!" And he literally <sighs> dragged me through the crowd to go find Stephen Sondheim. And I was like, "I'm on an adventure with Gandalf to find Stephen Sondheim." That's so cool. One of the one of the coolest experiences of my life. And then I met Stephen Sondheim and was like, holy crap, like, I don't get starstruck, but I was like, we teach you in schools. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. a big, this is like meeting Shakespeare. Like, yeah. this is wild. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, um, anyway, just, sorry, I'm, please I'm carry so on. Not, no, please interrupt me with amazing <laughs> stories. Who did you I play? <laughs> who did you play in Into the Woods, Michelle? Mm. Did they get, I don't, they don't think they gave me anything. Like, like that's the thing, I would never. They, oh, they, so were I you like Chorus? Yeah, like uh, I, I think so. I, went, I, I was the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had like I basically was on stage like twice that whole thing. I just like oh, enjoyed okay. watching it and like seeing my friends. Mm. But the point is that like like very early on, I was like, you know what? I'm not allowed to do anything. And it you know not, and I, you know of course you question your talent too. Like, am I bad at this? Like, is mm. everyone else just better than me? I should just give it up and get like a real job. <laughs> See how that worked <laughs> out. And um, so anyway, coming back to tabletop, it was just the first time I was sort of like allowed, quote unquote, to be back on camera mm. um, with people starting to become more aware of like, hey, we should give people chances. Like, you know, also. Mm. Um, so that was really nice of them, quote unquote. But I was also I was, I was part of the rotating cast. I did a lot of their, you know, for charity streams. Like, so, you know, I'm not getting paid or anything. And then 
um, down the road, uh, they were looking for a cast for Rat Queens, um, which was the official like Rat Queens tabletop RPG show. Um, they were working in conjunction with um, the creator, Curse um, Weeb, uh, and like you know basically inventing a system to play this game. And they had a bunch of uh, amazing ladies uh, from an improv group uh, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, and they were kind of like already set, like they're already going to do it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I love Rat Queens though. Like I've always, I read other comics and like, uh, you know, I was like, that, I was like, that's cool. Like, you know, I'll support you guys. Like, uh, you know, and then I guess they needed one more person. And so they asked me and that's how I kind of formally got onto my best, my first regular show. I'll say oh. that. And, um, Can you give us a little bit of context for Rat Queens? Because I'm not actually familiar with the mm. comic or the game. Oh, OK. So Rat Queens is like an award winning sort of a back in the day uh, comic um, about uh, uh, a group of women who are fantasy adventurers much in the way of D&D. There is a halfling um, named Betty that is me. Um, hey. And yeah, that was me. And um there was like you know there was a magician or sorry a sorceress there was a uh, a druid there was you know so they had different classes mm-hmm. um, but they were very like uncouth so like the halfling love mushrooms and drinking and like they all it's all swearing and like just very uncouth stuff yeah. I should say and it's really fun very funny it's like a humor comic and it's it was it went on for a long time um, but it was sort of like a it sort of ended because a, a lot of stuff a lot of crazy stuff happens um, there's a lot of drama connected to the like, former artist with that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but the uh, the writer um, himself kind of kept trying to get it going. So during this break of like, there was no Rat Queens coming out. Um, I think, I can't remember who he talked to, but uh, they were like, it would be great if these people would play these characters. So um, when we sat down and talked with him about it, he was like, you know what? These characters are yours now. Like you can, like their backstory, absolutely pull from the comics, but anything else you want to do with them or like... If you don't, if you're overthinking, how what would they do? I don't want to like be untrue to the character. It doesn't matter. It's you now. Like you are improvising this. So that was really cool that he kind of gave us free reign. Um, and then we <clears throat> we used an alt, an alter altered version of. Oh, I'm forgetting it. Uh, it's like a three dice system. Uh, d- drag drag uh, dungeon dress was the D was not D and D. Oh man, they also the D. The point is, it was a very easy system, and we just sort of like like mess like move the rules around to be like dungeon. You know, world? We had rules. F- Maybe it was a Dungeon World spinoff, like like a a pared down version of that. Mm. I think it was. That sounds right. Mm. Um, and uh, so anyway, that that show went on for almost a year. We had a show at Gen Con, a live show that was <laughs> my idea. I was like, oh, we should submit for. Hyper was already going there to help Gen Con do production. And this is in twenty eighteen that summer, and I was like, we should submit for like an event, and we did. And they're like, sure. Um, and we had a two hundred person. It wasn't the main theater or anything. It was like a two hundred person theater. Um, but we sold out. Oh, nice. you know? So it was really, it was really cool. And we we're like, oh, we can like, this is great. And then like right after we sold out, we were feeling really good. Um, our show got canceled because, <laughs> uh, oh, because no. we weren't, um, we weren't making enough money. That's what really talk about. I know we were a show that was like, when you donate, these things will happen. Um, which was, uh, you know, a good and a bad thing. Like we had a lot of support yeah. from our fans, but it came down to, it came down to numbers and we were making like kind of a lot of money every episode, but like it wasn't enough, uh, uh quote unquote. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of why it fizzled out. And, um, but you know, we had a good run. It was like almost a whole year of that. Was that the first, was that show the first time that you really let loose and jumped into the role play or had you started doing it prior to that? 
I started doing it prior to that in some like kind of like jokey campaigns. It was always humorous ones like, um, okay, you're all it's a Pokemon one and you're all professors like this is a one shot, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Or, yeah. Or like we're, we're, Clu- we're playing Clue, but you're the characters, that kind of thing. So yeah. I had done a lot of humor. So that was sort of the first time I was kind of back into quote unquote serious acting. And I, um, I spent a lot of time preparing, like apparently too much because uh, I'm an over preparer, but I would do things like pre write out. I would like google like cool fight moves like real life fight moves and think about how i could execute that in the game if i rolled this thing or if i was doing this you know so i wrote right down like moves for myself just in case i got mm-hmm. i was worried about getting stuck all the time i was worried about like mm-hmm. being being good at improv you know um and so i uh, actually took an improv class after i did that show i believe but because i was so worried about it all the time mm-hmm. it sort of affected my performance um but that show like you know even though like it didn't last super long, it was really fun and like I had a great time with the players. Um, and it really helped me connect with like remembering like this is what it's like to be like oh I feel like a theater kid again. It was really it was really fun. I just felt I felt young again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. it's it's such a like I think it's so analogous to theater. Like the feeling that I have when I'm like either on stage or it even just in like a Zoom or or whatever recording uh, for like an episode of actual play. Like I feel like it's a very free uh you know kind of form of storytelling in the same way that like you know when you like you first get the script and everyone's on their feet holding the script kind of just like playing and trying stuff out it kind of feels Mm -hmm. like that which for me is like one of my favorite parts of like rehearsals is just like when you're like okay let's just figure this out and see what happens and you get some real like gold moments you're like oh that's Mm -hmm. so sweet we'll keep that or you know Mm -hmm. I, i think it's very very similar i wanted to uh just ask because obviously uh, like I said, this was this headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit! Even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh well, because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Back in 2018, um, 
So it's like, h- how have you seen the kind of, or have you seen the space like change a lot in that time? Because obviously there's so many more shows now. Like you mentioned that little show that your friends were doing uh, called Critical Role. You've been on it, you know, and it's this big mm-hmm. behemoth of a, of a thing. Uh, obviously you do like New York by Night as well. Uh, like all the incredible stuff. I'm just wondering how it feels, you know, thinking back to Rat Queens all the way through to like you know where it is now and obviously we'll come on to your sort of latest project as well in a minute but just sort of ha- yeah how do you feel like the 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 space has progressed since you've been since you know 2018 when you were doing Rat Queens at, the, at Gen Con oh gosh I mean so as we know the pandemic was a thing mm. and weirdly it's so like after Rat Queens I sort of felt like man no one's like no one's gonna hire me for a show ever again because there, like, there weren't really a lot of shows it was like there was only so many stu- you know in-person studios and i knew all of them i knew all four and a half of them in la um <laughs> and they seemed real full up you know they seemed like that i were you know we don't have can't get any new people in here mm-hmm. um and i felt sort of like oh i guess maybe i need to let this go again like maybe this is just a one-time thing uh but then during the pandemic um because i had been a twitch streamer before this um i had my setup ready to go right. at all times nice. and uh people were desperate to make content and they were like um i was getting uh you know remote hosting jobs i was getting um you know a, a ton tons and tons of at first i was just getting like hey guys i'm going crazy do you want to play like an rbg we can just like we can stream it like fucking anywhere like there's no money but like i just need to do something or i think i'm gonna like murder myself there was i got i was in a couple of shows like that where i was just like yes me too i absolutely am going insane so it was sort of like out of necessity to create um yeah and i did a re- actually i did a really amazing show called um uh, Department of Mysteries, which is sort of like a, a non Harry Potter like spinoff, um, mm. where it's Victorian England, where like adults in the Ministry of Magic uh, looking at you know trying to solve mystery. And I did that show with um, Abria. That's how I met. That's how I met her. <laughs> oh, nice. And it was before like she was doing any shows. I don't think she had done anything before. Like I mean, she had. I I met her. Gosh, actually, I met Abria first on Twitter. No, that's not true. Modeling for L Hoffer Designs. That's what I. That's when I met her. We did a we did a fashion <laughs> show together. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, of it, course. isn't it weird? LA's why so weird. not? Why not? Like, why wouldn't you have met Bria doing yeah. a fashion show? Like, of course, so, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly yeah. what I would have guessed. You know, it, it was a nerd. <laughs> it's a nerd fashion show called El Hoffer Design, and Katie El Hoffer runs it. It's beautiful. Go check it out. It still exists. It's, it's amazing. A lot of knitwear. It's great. Um, so we did this show together. And that's the first time I met them. The second time I met them was like just sort of tw- talking on Twitter and D and D Live. The first D and D Live was happening, and we were both mm. like. I think I did something where I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot. And I just like, I tweeted like, hey, if anyone at D&D is listening, I would love to help with the show. I don't know how. And I was not connected at all back then. And the show mm. was happening in LA. And that's all I knew. And Abria was like, hey, I was like, she like messaged me, I think. I, I th- and, and, you know, Abria, come yell at me if I'm wrong. And I know you will. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think, I think they messaged, she messaged me first and was like, hey, that's really cool that you did that. Like, is it okay if I do that too? Like, if I, like, is that weird? I'm like, no, we should, everyone should be yelling together if they be part of this. Like, let's just go. So, like, we, they were kind of, like, pumping each other up on social. And then someone from their team did reach out um, and ask us. They asked us if they, we wanted to DM. Because the, there was a bunch of, like, games you could join or whatever. Like, the people mm. were just paying ticket to get in. Um, or, or something else. Or, like, what did we want exactly? And so, mm. Bria immediately was like, I want to GM. And she GM'd, like, something like three games a day was insane for like very, very little pay. And I decided I wanted to be an actor. And so I, (laughs) I joined the team. I was connected to the team doing uh, the uh, atmospheric actors. Um, so like we all, like, there was like a, a quest you could do. Like if you were as a guest walked in, we would give you a scroll and to go visit like these different, like, you know, areas to find clues and stuff like that. It was really, it was like LARP basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I got really off topic. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. This is awesome. And that's yeah. how I met a brain. Then I saw, I would, I'd see a brain like here and there just be running around with like a big stack of books being like, I gotta go to my next game. Game, it's so good to see you. I'm like, yeah. And anyway, um, <laughs> but back to the pandemic. So I did a bunch of shows that were like that, that were fun. And then I did, um, I just did more and more shows and they were also fun. And then after, you know, whatever the, whatever post pandemic is, um, around 20, uh, 21 and 2021 they were starting to do more in-person shows again and that's how yeah. uh i think one of my first in-person shows back out was critical Role. um i did the elder scrolls online uh oh. mini series it was not a one shot <laughs> <laughs> um and they're like hey do you feel comfortable coming in we have covid protocols like they had very very safe set like mm. it was insane um and it was, it was so much fun and i was like oh my god i miss being in studio so much now it's i'm only in studio baby <laughs> yeah hell yeah I, honestly we yeah. had like our first taste of like studio and it was like it's like like our editor hated it afterwards but like man we had such a fun time doing it like <laughs> yeah. our editor was like what no but all be in separate locations with separate microphones it's so much easier for me yeah. um, but, but like being i think being in person being in that studio like the atmosphere everything it was just oh man it's an absolute blast like it's it, yeah it's, it's so pretty... different and i i will say yeah. a great benefit of the pandemic was that people from anywhere could join these games that were now being broadcast on big channels you know and mm, anyone mm. could participate and that was lovely that was i met so many people you know virtually who i would never have played with ever 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 and only now in this year where i'm going to conventions am i meeting them in person you know so like at pax and plug especially all these coasters i hadn't met any of those people that i talked to like I don't even know London Carlisle or mm -hmm. uh, just just I, I can't start. Yeah, yeah shut up! So he was in our panel. He was in our live panel. Oh really? Oh that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, I love. I've been in like five games with him. I've spent four hours a day for a week with this person, and and, and like I just hadn't <laughs> met him in per like I met him. Yeah, London's so, awesome. Anyway, um, but in terms of like the state of the, I don't know, we're talking about like the state of the industry or whatever. Um, but it's like there's a lot of games, and I think it's awesome mm. that everyone has kind of taken that energy from our remote days and brought it back into. Okay, I want to keep making shows whether they be all remote or whether they be in person um but i've noticed there's sort of this like it's sort of stratifying a little bit where people are I, there, there's there's like starting to be some i don't know if the word is anchor or or something like that where people are like well it's not fair that people want to get to do these shows and it's not fair mm -hmm. that people, only people here and there to do it because of physical location right mm -hmm. um or, or or is it is it just the same people over and over i've heard that like i absolutely have heard that um I would say the issue is uh, in production. When you get to in-studio stuff, it comes down to budget. And as we know, mm -hmm. tabletop RPG yeah. don't have a lot of money. So when you're yep. asking, yeah. like, like is it is the difference between hiring a sound engineer or flying someone in from a different state? Like, you know, it's yeah. it, mm -hmm. people don't think about that. They don't think about you know that you know you've got to hire like a gaffer, you've got to hire like a PA. Like you need someone to move the camera and then edit the thing. So yep. it comes down to like you, you know how many casts can we have and for how much money after all that's paid for. Um, you know, like yeah, not to mention, it's, it's all non-union. So yeah, yep. It's all it's all absolutely wild because, like, you know, the, the amount of times where, like, every single time we make an actual play, I listen to it and I'm like, I'm so proud of what we've made because, like, we had basically no money, yeah. and like, you know, we as the three black halflings are effectively doing it for like nothing because, like, we put most of the money back into the show, and like, mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a joy. But at the same time, I'm right there with you, where I'm just like, it's a miracle we even made this. <laughs> like, yeah. know. you know what I mean? And that's like, despite all of the like, you know, best efforts, and I can imagine, I honestly can't even wrap my head around the idea of doing this in like a full studio setup, like. Yeah, we've vaguely looked in the direction of a studio like twice, and we're like, ah, okay, mm, that's that's a lot. 
Yeah. So it yeah. Is. Yeah. I think I think, you know, so I you know, I think we haven't actually touched on this yet, but I am a producer now. Like for throughout all of my kind of trials and tribulations, trying to make content and especially in t- specifically the tabletop space, um, in the early days it was hard for me to get cast because I well, it's probably not maybe, but I I, you know, I am a person of color, you know, I'm mm. Asian and people kind of for- I don't know, forget that like people like to shit on Asian people a lot. It's it sucks. Mm. Um, but I, I'm not important. Like I'm not like for some, like I'm not diverse. Like I don't know what that means, but I've been told that. Like what? Okay, what? cool. Why? Yeah. Context I, of wild. I, I can't get yeah. into it, but like uh, I've been told. I know this is the fourth like, or fifth lore drop we've had. I know. <laughs> um, and you know, and that's the thing. People don't believe it when I say these things. So for me, out of frustration, I was like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna make my own stuff. I'm just take yeah, my own basketball yeah, yeah, and go yeah, to my own yeah. court. And which is not a bad way to be. Like, I think all of us had experienced frustration in content creation and, um, yeah. you know, waiting. You know, you can't wait around for someone to be like, okay, can I rescue you? Come on in. Like, <laughs> it's great yeah. if it happens to you. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got but a, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's exact, like, and if it does, great, great, good yeah. for you. But that's one time. If you have something in your brain mm. that's like one, something you really want to do and you're really passionate about it, You'll figure out a way to make it like you like you all have. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is has you have to want it like like, like no, that's the wrong word. People say want. And you're like, of course I want it. You have to understand that you achieving your dream is about the thing and not the fame that comes from the thing or not the money that comes from the thing. I think people conflate mm. these two a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you follow your dreams forever, you'll make no money and you'll be overworked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, but there there are ways to mitigate that. So um, anyway, so I became a producer and and. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff um, outside of tabletop. I uh, produced for, I did event production for a long time. Uh, in the before times, um, I've worked with like Fortnite. I've worked with mm-hmm. um, Disney. Uh, I've done like parties for them. Uh, I did. I've done like booth construction at uh, conventions and like booth experiences, activations. Um, and in terms of broadcast, I've worked with uh, Twitch Gaming. Um, I, on their channel, I did a show called The Weekly, which is a weekly news show <laughs> about video games. Different than the thing I'm doing. Uh, about okay, video okay. games. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was all remote, which is insane. I was a line producer and the creative producer at the same time. Mm, it's very hard to do both <laughs> yeah, things at the same time. Um, <laughs> remotely. Running a line remotely and then your mouse dies and you're like, we're live. Well, someone okay. help me. Oh, um, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, pr- I produce shows like uh, ID at Xbox. Um, so I've done a lot of work in that sphere um, outside of tabletop. So when I started doing, ta- when I started getting frustrated, I was like, I mean, just all I got to do is just email a bunch of people and get, get, get some space together. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. how hard this be? It's very hard, but I do it because I love, I love yeah. telling stories and I love helping other people, you know, get like, figure out their dreams. Not everyone could be a yeah. producer. I'll say that right now. It is yeah. so much effing work <laughs> it, 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 yeah it's 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 wild i remember we us having some conversations about like this very topic at big bad mm-hmm. and just being like man it's like the most frustrating job i think at times but like i mm. just really you know uh, i know i've said this to you uh, uh before but like i just vibe so much with that sense of just like i'm really frustrated that i can't just do the things that i like want to do and i'm seeing my peers do so mm-hmm. like and i think there is something quite unique about the frustrated person of color slash minority just being like, screw this, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. I think it's like very much like a, a like a category or a vibe of people who have who have done that. And I and I think it's um 
I think it's awesome. It's a scary place to put yourself like into that and kind of try and insert yourself into an industry, kind of not really knowing if they're going to accept you or not, mm-hmm. or if it's going to like go down well or all of that sort of thing. So uh, absolutely amazing that, you know, you've done that and you've, you know, you're doing what you're doing and even more amazing. I'm so excited to hear about your this new project, the, uh, <laughs> the, the tabletop news. Uh, this the the Kickstarter is coming soon. Uh, what's the the date for the Kickstarter again? Just remind. March fourteenth. March fourteenth. It's a Tuesday. Amazing. March fourteenth. I believe this means that it will be the Kickstarter will be launching uh, oh, a day and one week from this episode because this will be dropping uh, this coming Monday. So um, before we even get into this, just stop what you're doing right now. Go to Kickstarter. Go make sure you get the hit that notification button so that you'll know exactly when this kick, the Kickstarter is live because that needs to happen. Uh, but please tell us uh, about tabletop news, what it is, uh, and how hyped we should all be about it because I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty hyped already. I'm gonna be honest. Thank you. Um, so where do you get your tabletop news? There are a bunch of websites. There is Twitter. There is your friend who's like, oh, did you hear this? Like, uh, send you links on TikTok. Like, it's quite segmented how news is distributed. And the big guys, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but the big guys, you know, the polygons, the, you know, the the the, the general news sites that sometimes cover geek news will really only get to the big guys like Hasbro. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Or, and they talk about shows, most shows that are covered. Unfortunately, um, you know, people don't have time. Some people don't have time to do the research, and they're like, "Well, a big show that you should watch about D and D. Wow, what a cool new category of entertainment! Have you heard of Critical Role? Like, it's it's yeah. for us in the space. It's a lot of repetitive stuff. So mm. the idea behind this show is that it's uh, here's a tagline: one stop shop for all things tabletop. There How many times have I said that line? Like Very a million. Good. Um, Very good. Clip the it. reason <laughs> the clip, it, clip it. The reason being uh, that you can get your news quickly in a fun short format every week about all of tabletop gaming so we are talking about tabletop rbgs of course Mm. board games card Mm. games and everything in between if if um you know so obviously if if a game like vampire the masquerade we're talking about the tabletop rbg but guess what they've got tons of video games too so we may talk about the ancillary content that comes from that um so we are basically doing this as a short format news thing it's a scripted, edited-down show, and people ask, how can I watch it? Is it going to be three hours on Twitch? No, we're not doing that anymore, okay? We're Yay. not doing a three-hour, like, G4-esque segment. On- <laughs> we're not doing it, y'all. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. So we are going to be uh, releasing this anywhere you already use social media. What does that mean? Um, we found that through our research, people who use uh, social media and love it tend to stay to their platforms they're on. They do not like to cross-pollinate the waters. If they're told, if they, lo- if they love TikTok, they're on TikTok. They're not going to have time yeah, to like, yeah, yeah, scroll yeah, yeah. through mm-hmm. YouTube shorts. They are mm-hmm. on their platform they're at. So in that in that uh, vein, we are taking our show, dividing it up and reformatting it for every platform, which means mm-hmm. weekly you'll be getting, uh, you know, you'll be on our uh on our account on TikTok and seeing bits and pieces of the news from that week's episode. You'll be on Twitter and seeing clips from it in video format, um, you know, links to the longer video, you know, of course, on Twitter. Um, you'll be seeing uh, YouTube shorts. Uh, you'll be seeing Instagram Instagram reels. So we're kind of just putting it all out there anywhere you see mm. stuff and we're going to just be there in your space. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. 
And we also find that people, like, you know, they, if they love board games, they love board games. Maybe they don't love tabletop RPGs, and that's okay. But what if, in a world, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> in a like, world. <laughs> like, I love, like, everyone has their thing they love, right? But don't you kind of want to know about the other stuff, too? Like, like mm. I would love to know a, a, a new card game. I would love an, to know about a new card game that came out that is um, not one of the big three that everyone talks about. But, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where to find that news. I'm not actively looking for it. If I can mm. ambiently just, like, absorb that in, like, a two-minute segment, would love that. And that's what we're yeah. doing. What are the big three card games? Like magic, like it's like well, no, because it depends. It's like magic and like Pokemon and what's another big one? Uh, trading, uh, playing I cards. I, like, I thought uh, I thought that you were and... yeah, I thought that maybe you were referring to because I know very little about trading card games, so I was just trying to. Oh, I was like, oh, oh meant, like, really? Po- but yeah, like, I've, poker there, there have been, and... there's been several times I've wanted to jump in, like, what was that? But I haven't been able to. So I figured I'm gonna ask about oh, the no, card okay. games, darn it. Uh, but what? Please okay. ask me questions. Yeah. Well, what? Um, um, I'm yeah. curious. What is? Um, would, for example, like, okay, so TikTok obviously is short form content, but theoretically, if you were to release onto YouTube, you could release a full video or you could release a short. Would a person who is engaging on only one platform only, like, say you were on TikTok, would you be getting the same amount of information from TikTok as you might be getting in, say, a 10 to 15 minute video on YouTube? Um, if you keep clicking through our account, yeah. So ah, um, the okay. way people the mm. way people digest information on different platforms is different, right? So on TikTok, you expect it to be less than a minute, or else you're not sticking around. You, excuse me. You expect it to be uh, on TikTok uh, on in, on YouTube. You expect it to be 15 minutes. Actually, like the sweet spot is a lot like longer. Um, mm. On Twitter, you really can't upload anything more than two minutes, or they'll, they'll kill you. So um, if you look at that part of the content on that day, there will be multiple videos. So say on YouTube, that's one video. On TikTok, mm-hmm. that's probably like, you know, 10 or 15 videos, okay. uh, depending. If we have anything longer format, which as we grow, we have big plans for the future. Like, I, like <laughs> we, I'll talk about that in a second. But as we grow, of course, things like interviews um, mm-hmm. are something we're already going inter- to integrate. We'll do a short, a short form of that. Edit it down uh, for the episode itself. And it will always have uh, click-throughs to say, if you want to see the full, like, 10-minute interview, please click here um, for, you know, let's talk to, you know, Jason Carl. Um, and Jason mm-hmm. was actually... Jason Carl from uh, Paradox, uh, War of Darkness, he was actually kind enough to help us on our pilot and do like a, it was like a real interview, but it will not see the light of day because it was so long ago. We did that pilot um, that the information is is all, you know, out of date <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, and we're yeah, on a new yeah. show. Um, so yeah, so this project was born out of like, I, I've had this idea in my head for maybe about four years. And I think we've all at one point in our thought to ourselves, well, maybe we should launch a new show, right? Like we, everyone's had this idea probably, mm. but it's super, guess what? It's super hard. <laughs> yeah. So mm. I, I've been kicking around. I've been looking for other producers to help me or other, or a production company to help me with this idea. And I, at some point I gave up. Um, and then I ran into uh, uh, the other two producers, um, Adam Rady and Katie Wilson, who are wonderful people. And we were actually, I've been friends with Katie for like a while and we were having dinner at my house just off like totally like not talking about work at all mm. and it came up i was like you know if i had because people always ask what's your dream project and i'm like well yeah i'd yeah. love to do this show about tabletop news and it would look like this and adam was like are you kidding me <laughs> i've had the same exact idea earlier this year i was trying to pitch it without a pilot with just the idea to studios and i was getting you know cut down left and right because who has the money for this right mm, mm, mm. and so we decided to just work together and it's um so this team of five producers, and we're working under Two Kings Entertainment, it's his company, mm. um, have been working on this since last summer, which is a really long time to do something and not get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Us, yeah. yeah I mean, could, because you have to make the concept first, right? So we shot a pilot. We brought in, I mean, I'll be really honest with you. We brought in, as the hosts, um, our friends, because mm-hmm. we don't want to ask 
I don't want to ask a stranger, hey, would you mind? Would you mind just yeah. like She's giving doing up your free? T- and, yeah. it's, and we have no idea if, like this is ever going to see the light of day. Like it, it like mm. like by the numbers, it absolutely won't. Um, so the fact that we are here where we are now is insane, and yeah. that you know we're releasing right now. We're just like teasing bits about the show, mm-hmm. and uh, we're starting to get very specific questions. Like I think people misunderstand. They think that we've made the show already. We made a pilot episode to have proof of concept. We tried to sell the show. We did after we shot the pilot. We tried to like sell it to a network. Answers no, 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 no. We're like, fine, we'll make our own channel. We can yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're just gonna do this. <laughs> we're crazy. <laughs> and we're gonna charge you a lot more later when you decide this is a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, you could have well, gone in earlier for a lot less. <laughs> I mean, and, and to be fair, some uh, some uh, of our partners have, uh, in a small way, like we've gotten a lot of help from really great brands who were like, you know what, I, so I want to support your idea in a way that I can. So some of, like, for example, teasing a little bit that our rewards, um, some of them are like really cool things. Like, I don't know, you might get like, a one of a kind, like handmade screen from Dogmite Games that's worth like a thousand dollars if you mm-hmm. like. But there's only one of them, so we have some partners that are helping us okay. in that way and with promotion. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, we're doing this on Kickstarter because we want this to not go the way of the dodo. A lot of <laughs> a lot of shows, sort of in this vein, or a lot of networks in the tabletop. Like the big, big, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about the Geek and Sundries, the G4 TVs. Right. They didn't mm-hmm. last. Um, they lost sight of perhaps um, who they're making the shows for. They ran out of money, quote unquote. Um, and a lot of that has to do with um, how it was managed, who was in charge, what they were do- trying to do. Yeah. Um, it was usually these larger, big corporations controlling this and like, hey, the numbers aren't working exactly like a regular TV show. We're canceling you. So like, that sucks because that's not how yeah. this industry works. So we turned to Kickstarter to be like, you know what? If other people believe in us, we will make this show. If no one believes in us, I guess we barked up the wrong tree. <laughs> and so we've been, you know, we had a pre, we had a, our pre-launch pages up. We started our social media only like two and a half weeks ago. We've got over, you know, we've got over a thousand people following our pre-launch, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and it's as a company, our quote unquote, our company, Tabletop News, it's our first project. So we don't know what to expect um, in terms of who will back us. Um, we've done all the work we can. And that's why it looks so nice and polished when you see the videos is because we have like top class editors who are like, sorry, we have one editor named Adam who's just like, I don't have to sleep. It's fine. What do you need for this? I'm like, please, can you please put a, put a logo on this thing? He's like, hey, okay. Um, you know, we have. Pour one out we, for Adam. Our team is tiny. Um, mm. It's uh, five producers. And we recently, um, we hired on a social media um, person to help us and a, and a marketing person to help us. Um, you know, we are, uh, it, we, our team is small. We are trying really hard. And if the Kickstarter works, then, then, yes, this mm-hmm. would be a job maker. We want to hire more people. Mm-hmm. We will figure mm-hmm. out who our core, our core, like, host group is. Like, um, of course, people we've already announced, like, they will always be included. But our format of the show, which people are a little confused about, is that every episode is probably going to be two hosts. Not five or six hosts at the same time fighting each other at the table. <laughs> which I think it's some people, somebody said that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's not You mean like clear, a normal huh? news show? Like where they have two <laughs> hosts and they yes. rotate a lot? Like, weird. Yeah. It's yeah. weird that people can't... <laughs> people so we will that. have a rotating um, cast of hosts because um, we don't want to uh, take people away from uh, you know, they're real, they're uh, real jobs. They're other, they're other passions in mm-hmm. life. If they book something, mm-hmm. especially in this world where we're all doing 20 jobs, we're all trying to act and voice act and, and do mm-hmm. our tabletop mm-hmm. RBG. Um, you know, we want them to have the, you know, fluidity to like be able to do their own stuff that they're passionate about because we want hosts that the audience can relate to, you know, um, believe in and know that they actually love what they're talking about. But guess what? Those people who were really passionate, like they're kind of already doing their own thing or they're like, you know, 
as we say, like high level, like, you know, who Becca Scott is like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and if, as and of course, like we want to also hire people who are maybe, quote unquote, new to us, like new to um, bigger media and help them grow and teach them like, hey, you don't know how to read teleprompter. Let's go. Like, I, you seem really cool. You seem really passionate about this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, we do plan to do more hiring in that realm as well as, you know, of course, below the line. There's so much hiring we have to do. So yeah. it, sure. making a show is a lot of money and we are going to ask yeah. for an amount on Kickstarter that I hope is reasonable <laughs> and we will try to fund our first season. And then with that first season funded, we hope that that proof in the pudding of, mm. hey, people mm. want this will entice sponsors to come on and help us fund further seasons. Yeah. How many episodes would you be looking at for the first season? I believe the first season is 10 episodes. TV, uh, subject to change, because sometimes the math is, is weird. Math is hard. Turns yeah. out. But we were looking at 10 episode seasons, and we don't, we want to do continuous seasons. We don't have a break. We want to just keep going and keep going, keep funding. Yeah, so yeah, after yeah, we yeah. fund this, after we, you know, cross our fingers, after we fund this, then we're going to start, you know, hiring. We're going to start shooting. Then while we're shooting, we're going to start reaching out to sponsors. Like the, the mm-hmm. machine, um, mm. someone in our team called it, uh, uh, James Rodehaber, another producer of our, in our team. He was like, don't forget, kids, when the machine starts, once we turn the machine on, we can't ever turn it off. We have to be ready to be doing these things all the time, constantly. I'm like, thank you. J- thank you, James. That's that's, that's not terrifying at all. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, I think it's the news machine. Yeah, I think um, just from uh, A, I think this is a, a, an incredible idea. I think that, you know, we live in a, in a world now where like uh, accessibility and like ease of access is like king now, you know, where like being able to get your information that quickly, that easily, you know, it's like the reason we invented push notifications. Do you know what I mean? It's because we want to mm-hmm. be able to just look down at our phone and be like, oh, cool, I know what the news is. You know what I mean? So I think A, this is a, a, a brilliant idea. And I think the one thing that I really wanted to, to say about this is just like, if there are any small creators listening, to this episode right now please back this like i can say as a a small to medium-sized creator i think maybe at this point i don't know if that's what we class ourselves as like i couldn't be more excited about this because like this looks like like i have can't tell you how many uh like you know publications i've written to how many channels i've written to to be like hey would you talk about three black halflings were you you know because we're getting all this buzz online we get all this buzz on you know like socials and stuff like this but Mm -hmm. it never really translates to like actual publications reaching out or you know people wanting to work with us or or, you know, write about us or our story. And I mean, and like, this is exactly the sort of thing that I think will help the community as a whole really grow finding, uh, you know, some of these content creators out here that are doing just unbelievable work, but no, getting nowhere near the kind of uh, like notice or traffic that they should be. Because like you said, and I, and, you know, I'm always kind of very wary of like, I wouldn't, I, I like, I think all those big publications are absolutely doing the best they can. Like yeah. you said, they're working with probably a big corporation above them who's like, hey, mm-hmm. you need to get clicks. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why they only post about D20 or Critical Role or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does mean then there is a whole group of people that are doing amazing work that just aren't getting kind of out there. And, you know, the oxygen is not being spread around. And I just yes. think this idea is sewing like it just like as soon as i like saw it i was like oh that's what we need like yes of course this makes so much sense to me yeah and i did uh, want to yeah. say we are there is an emphasis emphasis in our in our company to highlight indie creators um bipoc creators um people making sort of that ancillary content to uh gaming that we want to highlight so we have you know in, in talking creatively we have talked about like hey this is a segment of our show 
called like, you know, um, well, we have one segment of our show called Fantasy Four, where we highlight four tabletop games. Who's going to pick them? Oh, are you going to talk about the big shows? You tell us. We're going to we haven't we're going to have an email that's just like, just tell us what you like this week. We, we might mm. talk about it. So yeah. we want there to be this open communication between us and the community telling us what they want to see, what they want to hear about, like giving us tips, like telling us the news, like like, a you know, like a news site has like tips at like, we have that. Mm. So we, we want to um, highlight those who are not heard, like you mentioned, mm. and um, especially, you know, Actually, when we say like you know, tabletop doesn't have money. That's actually not true. The tabletop, we've done a lot of research. Um, I can show you my spreadsheets and my graphs. <laughs> Please. The tabletop industry is a multi-billion-dollar industry. Where mm. is that money going? Well, these mm. companies don't know where to advertise. They don't know where to yeah. like market to. They're like Target. Uh, like it's it's very difficult. So yeah, 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 yeah making yeah, a place yeah. for the news. I hope will help everyone learn more about different things. And mm. so we're not all talking about the same four things. We're talking about all the great little things that are happening like every day in this community. Mm. What you're saying actually sounds, it's reminiscent of when you were talking about how there's in the, uh, how there's more of a uh, stratification occurring in the tabletop industry and how some people uh, look at LA and be like, why is you keep having the same people and stuff over all the time and it's all over there. And I think what is worth mentioning is like they, the people in LA uh, I, I'm sure you can attest to this, are people who made friends with each other and are just trying to work on stuff with their friends. It just so happens that because of the level of networking uh, and industry acumen, I guess, that's available there, and that be, because there were a few things that took off in that location, you ended up with a community of people. And it sounds, mm. it's essentially... Um, in relation to what you're saying in terms of trying to like get together and create something that will it's like it's the same basic principle uh all it is is just a group of people trying to work together like they could in any in any location may not have the same uh resources or maybe the same number of people i guess there's more you're gonna you're more likely to find a bunch of actors voice actors performers industry know-how people in los angeles than you would maybe like in i don't know bespoken uh but it's (laughs) it's it's not a personal thing it's more of a situational thing and i think absolutely yeah yeah, and it seems like what you guys are trying to do is aid uh in in shining a light on other areas of the industry and i think that's really excellent i think that's really really awesome because um if there's anything that say like the ogl controversy has shown uh over centralization is never Mm. a good thing um, <laughs> so I think any, anything that can step in and help to diversify, uh, in any area, I think, uh, the, the tabletop industry, I think is a, is an unequivocal good. Uh, so, uh, if I was wearing a hat, I would take it off, uh, hats off to, uh, to you guys at tabletop news. Cause this sounds like it's going to be awesome. Thank you. And what kind of I hat guess, were you just wearing? Was that that like, was a top hat. Oh, okay. You guys, you, y'all have to release. Do you, you release the video on Patreon for this? Because you should. We might. The thing is, I, I own a comedy. top hat and I would grab the, the lip of the top hat. I wouldn't gra- I wouldn't oh. put my hands on the pipe side. Like, this looks like <laughs> one of the Russian fur hats. <laughs> oh, ooh, that's what I, I thought, maybe. Um, I, it was not asked, but I think I, something I would like to say, just because I know you have a lot of listeners who. Um, you know, love tabletop and they love uh, what you create and they maybe one day aspire to that and they want to join another project. I would, no one asked for this, but here's my advice. Please put your email in your profile. <laughs> please, yes. God. Yes. And please reply. Please check it. I can't tell you the amount of times, this is not just as, uh, other projects I've worked on. I've been in production for a long time. Being like, I would like to give this person money to work for me. 
like Doritos would like to give this person money. I would like to give this person like seven thousand dollars show for one hour. They won't reply to their email, so I can't hire them. Like, uh, and if that's what, and if you're too busy for that, amazing, love that for you. But if you would like work, please check your email. I know it's yep. like a way old people communicate, and you like don't want to use it. But like, oh my god, guys, it's so hard. It's so hard to find someone who's, you know, responds to their email, um, has a body of work, you know, that proves they can do the thing, mm. and um. It's nice. It's a proven nice person, and yeah. uh, it's also available on the day you need them. It's yeah. those mm. things. Those things really do eliminate gold a lot dust. of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's literally yeah. like gold dust finding all those things aligned and like mm-hmm. and yeah, just to bounce off what you guys were saying about like the centralization. I'm also mm-hmm. just like a, such a huge believer in like you ha- like when you're working with like either small budgets or big budgets either way if it's a small budget it means that you haven't got a lot to play with if it's a big budget it means you have a lot to lose so Mm -hmm. like you know either way you need to be working with people that you can trust that you can trust to be there to turn up on time to do the job and to do it well and like i think i've banged on about this so so often it is tough it is really tough to find it. Like we've been so blessed when with the the people, the performers that we've got in for our actual plays. I honestly don't know how we would we couldn't be able to do anything if we didn't have people that turned up and we knew they mm. were going to be good from day one. Like it's the reason that we get like Johnny back every single mm. time. Yes, he's white and we love him so much because he brings absolute fire every time and he's there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like and it is it's it's like it really is, I really do sympathize because I think it's very easy to look from the outside and be like, oh, Critical Role, oh, D20, oh, this, you know what I mean? And be like, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, yo, it is, we're not talking about, you know, they ain't got Hasbro money, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, then we can shout and say do better, but like, you know, what they're trying to do right now is like make the best thing that they can whilst also jumping through the hoops of like we need to make sure these people are reliable and like i've been there i've been stung when you're just like yo where are you and they're like oh sorry i thought it was tomorrow and you're like what do you mean like can you turn into jasper i have (laughs) lists i have lists of people that are lovely 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 human beings that i cannot hire for any production yes for this yeah. reason it's, people that uh, we yeah. know if, yeah. if i could write a gossip column as a dear abby my god you guys but like <laughs> and, the, and, the, and again that's it's fine if that's like you and that's your personal life but you put a whole cruise like you know work on the line mm-hmm. I, you're, you're never gonna get hired again michelle <laughs> should we should we start a lady to whistle down for the ttrpg oh community god. like I should we do it <laughs> I, I th- well, I think we need. First of all, I think there needs to be like anonymous support group for producers because I, yes, please. Like, I just every day. I, I think that's the other thing. What I'm doing, I'm sure, seems really glamorous. Like what we're all doing, right? Collectively, it seems like well, we got a show. People listen to us. Mm-hmm. They like know who we are. Seems real glamorous, right? I no. cry maybe twice a week because yeah. I'm stressed, not because like anyone's being mean to me or whatever. It's just like, yeah. hey, tomorrow I've got to wake up again and um at, at seven a.m. and um redo that whole spreadsheet again i just didn't <laughs> and i probably will have to keep doing this over and over again until i die like you you start to get in these brain spaces where you're like oh my god like no one and it's hard to, it's hard to explain like people are like what do you do i'm like uh, everything everything yeah yeah i um, the, i think the best way uh i think two things brennan summed this up perfectly where he said <laughs> everyone looks at like what i do and thinks oh my god you have an amazing job he says no my job is emails 
And the reward for doing my emails is I get to occasionally host a D&D show. <laughs> like, mm. it, oh like the job is emails, and then mm-hmm. you get to do the other stuff. And I just thought, like, that's Absolutely. kind of, that's it. Mm-hmm. That right there, that's it. It's all emails. And then occasionally. Yeah, yeah. we could do a whole another, like, two hours about just, like, the work. Because, like, Easily. truly, yeah. like, I can't wait to make this show. I My dream was mm. to make the show. My dream was not <laughs> to yeah. have to make, you know... It, <laughs> yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, actually, all the show. before yeah. we close out, I really would like to hear <laughs> some of the specifics <laughs> of production as somebody who oh, is so okay. extensively. Because I feel like, um, especially for people who have never done it before, and people who are not sure. involved in the industry, it's a pretty yeah. vague concept. Like production, yeah. what is it? Uh, you're producing a rabbit mm. out of a hat. What are what are what is happening? Okay. What is being produced? Food production, yeah. etc. Like, what can you go through the steps of what might be involved? Yes. Maybe for uh, tabletop news, what is involved in the production? Okay. Mm. Oh, my God. Uh, I have to do broad strokes. We'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> so a producer, in general, the job of a producer is to get everything you need together to make, to film a show. What do you need to make a show? You need a space. So booking the space, figuring out how has insurance, how insurance, how much does it cost? What time can you load in? What time can you load out? What are you allowed to use in there? What can you not use in there? What do you need to rent? How big are the, how big are the doors is the most important question. Yes! About how big are the GD <laughs> yes! doors? Um, you know, how is narrow there heat? Are the corridors? Is there air conditioning? <laughs> do they charge extra for air conditioning, which has happened to me before? Mm. Um, and the, the list goes on and on and on. extra for air conditioning? Yeah. Is there parking? If there's not parking, where can we park? Do we have to pay for the parking? So place. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> Number yeah. two, um who who's going to be on the show okay great so do you do you hire how do you hire do you hire based on how popular they are will they bring viewers you hire based on just sheer talent no one does that unfortunately because it's very hard do you hire the person you know because they are right there and you trust them you know they'll show up on time do you hire the person that will work with the least amount of money how much money do you have all these questions it's like you talking to people other people like all around you and figuring out what's that so hiring people on camera once you decide on that what, what do they have to wear? Are they bring their, their own like uh, wardrobe? Do they need uh, hair and makeup? If we have hair and makeup, who do we hire for that? Do we have, we have to vet them? We have to figure out what they can do. Then we have to show them style guides. Then we have to give them mood boards. Like that's just on air talent. That's not even talking about what they have to do on camera. That part is a separate thing. Then it's like, what do they yep. talk about? So getting talent, space, talent, equipment. Okay, this is fun. Do you buy the equipment? Do you rent the equipment? Who has the equipment? Do you rent it from the space? Do you have to, um, do you have a vendor to get to get it, to be able to rent from a place? Sometimes you have to get a license. You have to get a certain amount of insurance and have it proven on a legal document and then give it to the warehouse to show them you have insurance so that you can rent from them so that you can send a guy you've got to send got to hire a guy to rent a truck to go get the thing <laughs> and you've got to hire people to be in the truck to pick the thing up to put it in the truck and take it out of the truck and then where does the truck go after you unload it it has to go somewhere oh my god um okay so that's the stuff the stuff that goes in uh-huh. then you have to um organize um who's gonna use the stuff who's gonna run the camera who's gonna you know mm. so then you're hiring tech team same problem as before hiring uh, uh you know talent what are their references? Have you worked with them before? Will they show up on time? Are they available? So e- imagine like all the emails for everything I've just said. The emails that have to go out, yeah. you have to wait for responses for, that they, people don't read a full email so they don't answer all your questions. Um, and then that's not even speaking to you for tabletop news. So we've been doing all that work to shoot the pilot. That was to shoot the pilot that we did in summer. The work that's now is so much more fun. It is, 
It is meetings with Kickstarter, meeting with meetings with BackerKit, making rewards, figuring out those rewards are stupid, um, redoing them again, um, <laughs> they, changing the price on it, uh, talking to shipping. Oh, we want to have physical stuff because we're stupid. Uh, so, okay, guess what? You have to have um, a VAT license to do that to send things over to the you know different countries and to prepay mm-hmm. for the tax. Mm-hmm. Great. Who's going to do that? We need a distribution center. Okay, how many distribution centers do we need? Well, it turns out you need one in the US, you need one in the UK, you might need one in China. <laughs> and who's going to do that? You need a company to do that. So they're going to interview people to do this for you who are a company. Um, that's just for phys- shipping physical things for Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then who's gonna, how are you going to sell this project? Well, this is, taking, this is a long time. Feel free to edit this out. I don't know. This is great. This is really I feel like this is gold. Pe- people need to hear of... this. Like, they need to yeah. understand. Yeah. It also like, gives so much it. context to everything else you've said. Um, yes, so, exactly. Uh, and then to speak of what, okay, so then what do people see? What have they been seeing on Tabletop News in these last two weeks? Marketing and social media and editing of images and video is a job for maybe five people. How many mm-hmm. people are doing it? Yep. Two and a half, sometimes three, mm-hmm. sometimes one. Yep. Um, so that is figuring out when are the optimal times to post on each social media platform. They're all different, it turns out. Yep. And, and what, you know, what time zone? Who's your target audience? Um, do you want to pay for a sponsored ad? If you do sponsored ads, um, you have to clear all these hurdles and get approvals for that. Are you going to advertise on websites? Are you going to advertise um, just on social media? Who are you going to ask to uh you know edit your your pictures down what's your style guide by the way what's your mood board look like for just what your pictures look like they have to look uniform or else you don't look like a professional company all this stuff is just social social media is a is a nightmare um we yeah. live there but it, it is trying to kill us um mm. and then uh you know and then of course <sighs> a company reach out is another thing uh for kickstarter so who are our partners who wants to work with us who wants to help us this sounds really like fun and good and, like yeah we're best friends and it is that part's great the part that sucks is like okay guys we need your logo we need um you know where to give us all your socials oh, who should asset we contact? delivery who, yeah mm. assets 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 <laughs> um where is this living on what google drive okay make sure that google make sure that pu- that folder is public but not public to everybody okay great now that we have these assets we've got to edit them down to something where do they go how do we tag them um do they prefer these hashtags we have to get approvals for those companies too to make sure they like the way we're using their products it's not like super easy, but that is just um, a sort of a broad strokes. That I'm not being I'm not being facetious. That was a broad strokes of what we have to do yeah. to make mm-hmm. a Kickstarter to make a show, and not including um, not including the time where we as producers need to meet and talk about our emotions and about big picture stuff. So from a macro yep. level, um, the step Kickstarter is step one, step two, step three, step twenty. We've sat down and mapped these, um, and they're always you know subject to change. But this is a lot of work. Yep, and we're doing it because we want this project to you know live in the hearts of people and people to see it. Uh, but it's not done yet, everybody. Guess yeah. what? It's not done. <laughs> it's not done. And I'd like honestly huge testament to you and the team for doing that because getting yeah. to this getting to this point is a is a, a miracle, honestly. And doing it all in a way where people want to work, carry on working with you and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I've been yeah. there. I you know uh, I did I did file asset an asset delivery for the BBC for like a year and a half, and yeah. I was close to the edge. <laughs> like it's it's tough when you've got people like, oh, sorry, what dimension do you need for the logo again? And even though you've already emailed them five times yeah it's like a whole it's a whole thing so uh huge props to you and the whole team to end on a uh a, a lovely fun escaping from our problems note uh why don't we go ahead and grab a tail from the table so this can be anything that you want it to be just something memorable that has happened at a table it can be something that was recorded it can be something that happened in a home game it can be whatever you want just like that sticks out in your mind it can be funny it can be sad it can be whatever you want it to be just tell us something that's happened. Oh, I forgot a juicy one. Ooh. In the show, Outbreak Undead, um, 
they, we did three seasons of the show. It's technically still ongoing. We were taking a break. In the first season, I decided to play. It's a zo- the zombie apocalypse is happening. You are trying to not get eaten by zombies. That's the premise of this game. Mm. Um, but it's a very serious game where you could one bad dice roll, you just die. There's no death saves. It's very, it's very dramatic. It's very scary. I played. I decided to play a wild child, which is someone who was born after the fall of humanity. So I'm sort of like weird, and mm. I live in the woods, and like, ugh, you know. And I decided that um, we had to pick something that we're connected to. Uh, we had to pick a tragedy. So I had a twin sister. Um, that I lost a long time ago. That was what I decided as a person and a character. Michelle decided this was going to happen. About towards the end of the first season, there was a lot of weird stuff happening. And we were trying to like, oh, someone's following us or all the stuff. And I would do flashback episodes where I would talk, you know, I was talking to my sister about like how we would have to survive. And she was always really, you know, cruel, but fair. Uh, but, but, you know, but she's gone now. Um, and at this huge reveal close to the end of the first season, um, I describe like we're in this room, high tensions. There's a person. There's one person trying to defy our team, and I I say I do I do nothing because I I don't know what's going on. And then uh, our GM Knox uh, Knox Milerberf, uh, he's great. Uh, he starts to narrate, and then you stand up, your voice changes, your eyes turn black. You pick up the gun, and you shoot them in the face. They're dead, and you say, "That was for my sister." So I was the I was the evil sister all along, and I didn't know. Oh. I just got chills talking about it. Whoa! Um, I genuinely just got goosebumps. That was wild. That was wild. Yeah. That's wild. Whoa! Yikes! Um, where do you go from there? Hand- yeah, so I mean, I didn't even know how I'd handle that. I'd be like, so we all okay. screamed. We that was the end. we cut the episode. Like the episode was, that was the big cliffhanger, and then I was, we were all like, "What the fuck?" And then I talked it through it with Knox, and he was like, "Is that okay?" Like. I don't want to like force you to you know do that. And I was like, you've just given me the greatest gift as an improvising actor ever. So Hell like yeah. from there in the season, I would shift. Like I would be like this one girl, and then when like bad stuff started to happen, I would like go like this. I would change my hair oh, and like come nice. back up and be and just be like, Sick. I would, a totally different accent and just be like, you know, really like, just would try to murder everything. And it was mm. really fun. Like as an actor, I was like, oh, thank you for this gift. So <laughs> cool, so cool, yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, testament to that table that like DM was like I'm gonna throw this at you and I'm gonna trust that you can handle this <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like yeah that's a that's one hell of a curveball absolutely incredible uh, Michelle I cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking about this I'm so excited for tabletop news I think it's gonna be absolutely legendary um, uh, please tell everyone uh, where they can find tabletop news where they can find you and all of the other stuff that you're doing on the tinterwebs um, you can find uh, Tabletop News on all platforms at Watch Tabletop. That's at Watch Tabletop. I'll say it slowly again. Um, and on Kickstarter, the <laughs> account is also Watch Tabletop that's running the, t- the Kickstarter, so you can go there. And uh, for me, personally, I am at I am Chubby Bunny everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> Don't ask. It's a, lo- it's a, it's a lore drop. I am Chubby Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> is it the game? Well, I guess I can't ask it's questions. Little... You can't ask questions. Can't yeah. do no follow-ups. It's a lore drop. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that you can just declare that something's a law drop now, which yeah. just prohibits the asking of follow-ups. I love that. That's a great little mechanic. We've bro- broken the game. <laughs> We've broken the game. Um, absolutely incredible. I Yeah, like I said, I really uh, invite everyone to go check it out. We'll put all the links in the description uh, for this episode so that you can very easily go and uh, check all of this awesomeness out. Uh, and Michelle, just a huge thank you. This has been uh, uh, lovely and I'm so great that we got to talk to you. Jeremy Cobb, uh, where can people find you on the Tinderwebs? 
Yes, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Jeremy Cobb one. That's Cobb with two B's, the number one. Uh, you can find me also on Instagram at the Cobbmeister. And if you enjoy a little bit of the the sci-fi films, a little bit of the science fiction, uh, mo- uh, double sub- science fiction double features, uh, go check out the Quantum Reactor, uh, which is a podcast I'm doing with Andrew Coons, friend of the show. Uh, we you can find us wherever pods are cast, and you can find us also on Twitter at Q Reactor Show, and we will also be on YouTube. YouTube, if we're not already by the time this is released, which I believe is also either the Quantum Reactor or Q Reactor show. But uh, yeah, go go follow us as well. We got we just nice. did an episode on Terminator, on the Terminator, Ooh. one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. Very good. Uh, you can find me at JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, I'm also doing a semi-permanent guest role on Games and Feelings, which is a fantastic show. Uh, and I, I co-host with Eric Silver. Lots of fun. Uh, and also, uh, starting uh, probably a couple days ago, uh, you probably would have seen it all over my social media, will be the Performance Capture Podcast. We'll officially uh, launched season five. I am joining as a new co-host with the amazing Victoria Atkin, which is all about demystifying uh what goes into making uh work uh whether it be games or tv shows or films uh using motion capture and performance capture it's a lot of fun and we have some epic guests this season please so please go check it out if you uh if you are interested in that kind of stuff uh in the meantime michelle huge thank you for coming on the show and uh go check out tabletop news uh you can oh yeah you can find the show at three black halflings which is the three it's number three black halflings i should probably plug the show that's the whole it's true you know that's what that's what we're doing uh you can find ad free versions and bonus episodes over on our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash tv halflings we're on the youtubes and you can also buy our merch all the links below that is everything so long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. It's your girl Liv here with some Shire Folk shoutouts. Let's do it. A big thank you to Corbett Stovall, Andrew Massey, Bildow00, Colin Gray, and Daniel Scott. You really are helping us to do amazing things with this show, and we can't thank you enough for that. Until next time, so long, Shire Folk. That was a HeadGum Podcast.